Hey guys, I sit down with Matt today and we talk about three ways to simplify your business. I hope you enjoy it. Welcome to the Alloy Personal Training Business Podcast, where we'll share our insights on how to make more money, how to help more people, and how to be a better leader for your business and your community. We've been in this game since 1992, and we'll share our successes and failures along the way. I hope you enjoy and subscribe. Good morning, Matt. Rick, what's going on, man? Not much. I'm distracted. I'm watching the computer. I know we're having technical difficulties early. Technical difficulties. So it's not a good way to start your morning. It's not. I don't feel like I'm in It'll my the, in the zone. Here comes the computer throw. <laughs> Nothing will make me swear like a technical issue. Yeah, it comes out quick. Yeah. It's right there. There's, the anger, Matt, is just beneath the surface at all times. Do you get like you should remember angry that. like, you know, if like the remote control doesn't work at home? No. No? You're pretty cool. That's, mm-hmm. that's good. Yeah. I mean, there's certain things that set me off. Like, I want to do the podcast. We always have a condensed amount of time to do it. I like doing it. There's all these things that play into making it irritating, you know? Plus, I know that the solve isn't that simple and you're going to spend hours chasing your tail doing stupid things. So I think that's why it bothers me. But like traffic or like other things that, that wind other people up don't bother me a bit. No? No. Just what's what what's the main thing that winds you up? It's all situational. Um, I don't think I have a main thing. What winds me up? Nothing. <laughs> Doesn't really Computer grind issues. your gears. Okay. Well, that really grinds my gears. <laughs> Speaking of grinding gears, let's come up with some uh, jokes. You want me to go first? Yeah, hit it. What's the opposite of a Debbie Downer? I don't know. Bethamphetamine. <laughs> Where do you get these? That's great. <laughs> oh, that's good. All right, you go. <laughs> Keeping in the gym realm. Why do couples go to the gym? They want their relationship to work out. <laughs> It was weak. It was weak. That was bad. Come on, man. (laughs) Somebody said they love the podcast, but we need to work on our dad jokes. Well, we also feel that we're always trying to step our game up. So, yeah, just know we're always trying to improve. Right. Yeah. I mean, listen. Thanks for the feedback, but uh, you know, never mind. That's all. (laughs) I have a word of advice for you. Never mind. You know what we are going to talk about today? What I'm excited about? Keeping it simple, baby. It's the hardest thing ever. And it, it was uh, motivated to do this podcast by the talks I did last this last week. So props to Tim and Randy at the, with the Growth Summit. It was amazing. Great event. Top notch. And I talked about keeping it simple because it's so difficult for people to do. So I thought we could do a discussion around the top three things that I typically see. Yeah. Why people are, why and maybe how they're making their business more complicated than they need to. Okay. Do you know who was uh, thought to have coined that term? What term? Keep it simple. Who? It was a guy named Kelly Johnson. Really? I looked it up, yeah. I was curious about it. He was a lead engineer for uh, Lockheed who built like S-71 Blackbird spy plane, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And the thought was like, it has to be simple enough where you can fix a plane wherever wherever you may mm-hmm. be with basic mechanics training and like limited materials. So that's kind of where it came from. Well, think about starting that with, you know, with that lens. I mean, even Steve Jobs said, you know, we didn't, the engineers didn't build this amazing technology and then we figured out how to take it to market. You start with the problem, right? You start Mm -hmm. with the customer experience of what solves the problem and then you reverse engineer it. Sort of like this plane, like, okay, if, if in practice it needs to be able to be fixed in the field with limited tools by someone with limited knowledge, then you start there and you reverse engineer the plane based on that. You don't like build this very amazingly technically advanced piece of machinery that no one can fix. Right. There's no Just parts. The one guy. Right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So it's a very, very nice parallel to business though, right? Yeah, for sure. 
So the three things I have, number one, Matt, is to be consistent. And what I mean by that is to create a system, you know, people always talk about business systems, but it's true. If you, you know, go reread the E-Myth every year until you die, and it will sort of reinforce this fact that you need business systems in place. And if you do that, then you can coach to those systems. And that means everybody on your team is going to be consistently delivering. Right. And when I say that, you know, I tell, we've talked about it here. I've told the haircut story. You can go back and listen to that podcast about why that's so important and how easy it is to just create a little bit of a different experience every time you come in or process, right? And how there's a disconnect for the customer. So one way of keeping it simple is just like build a system, stick to that system. Mm-hmm. And here's the interesting thing. When you look at, when you talk about these things, it's a lot of soft, like it's, it almost seems like there's no measure for what this looks like. You could say the lagging KPI would be like better retention or whatever that may be, which is true. But I would say that there has been plenty of studies done on this. You know, McKinsey, who's the big consulting firm, right? They just studied 400 large companies. And it was all based on providing a consistent customer experience. And so the interesting thing about study is that the people that they interviewed that were doing it well were only producing a five out of 10, like one being the worst, 10 being the best, they were consistently a five. And when you hear that, it's like I laugh because no one sits in their conference room. It's like, all right, guys, our initiative this year is to be consistently (laughs) average. That's our goal. Yeah, nailed it. (laughs) Here's the deal, though. And that's a great way to put it, because if you do nail it, if you just so happen to nail it, Mm -hmm. those companies that were a one, a five out of one to 10, but they did it every time, they would produce 20% better customer service scores, duh, but 20% higher revenues as well. And no, it's 15% higher revenues, 20% better customer service scores, 15% higher revenues, 20% less cost of servicing those same members. Wow. So by creating a system, it doesn't have to be amazing. Certainly we're shooting for amazing, but if you can just be halfway between terrible and amazing, but you can do it every single time, right? You can simplify your system so that everyone can deliver the same. You're going to, you can get rid of 20% of all the customer service follow-up things that you're doing, right? Because you're consistently delivering a good Mm -hmm. process. So you don't have to do reward systems and the 85 other things that, that companies build in, or how can we do this? Or how can we do that? It's like, well, how about you just show up and do the same thing? consistently well now it's not easy right but it is simple it's like you just show up and do the thing and you do the thing really well every time or moderately well in in this case um and if you do that you're going to have a much better business now when those same companies were polled how many of you guys think that you provide a consistent customer experience 85 percent of the companies were like yeah we do right (laughs) but those customers of those companies when they were polled how many of these companies provide a consistent experience with every interaction that you have it was only eight percent so there's right. a huge disconnect between what you think you're doing and what you're actually doing. I mean, literally 85% versus eight, right? And so I think when you see those metrics, you may also be the person who's like, oh no, we deliver every single time. But I guarantee you that there's room for improvement. If 400 companies thought that they were doing it 85% of the time and the customers of those 400 companies only thought they were doing it 8% of the time, that probably would lead you to believe, unless you're completely detached and crazy that you also have room right to improve your consistency i mean that just makes me straight up think of the our industry fitness industry right i mean every everywhere you go you I mean, imagine all the personal trainers everybody doing what they want you know or even class-based stuff where you go in and it's like oh i hope my instructor is what's her name today because you never know <laughs> on a day-to-day basis 
what that person's going to want to do or how they're going to do it different, right? Yeah. And so especially in a coaching model where we're trying to deliver a consistent process to somebody, if okay, they have an injury and then they have this goal. It's like, all right, well, there's a process, right? We have an answer for that. And so to get, as we grow and scale the franchise, to get coaches all over the world, you know, if you will, to run that same process, you're not going to do that unless it's dead on simple, right? right. And you're probably not going to hit a 10 every time. And your efforts to hit a 10 might actually be the very thing that keeps you from consistently hitting that five, which we saw what the manifestation of hitting that five mm -hmm. was. It was good, right? So it's almost, um, you know, it flies in the face of some of the thinking, but good enough is good enough, right? Like, okay, how can we get to a five? Now, the real, the real juice then is not put into getting that five to a seven, but to get that five every single time. Like, that's the most important thing, right? right. Which is a little bit of a, you know, when you talk to entrepreneurs, like, we're going to hit a 10, we're going to knock it out of the park, and they remember these, like, wild, like, examples of that. But if you really peel back or you zoom out a little bit, it's like, yeah, probably not. We're probably just need to be more consistent with the main stuff. And if we do that, we're going to be good. Mm -hmm. And there's true metrics to prove that out. Yeah, sure. Okay. Um, that's number one. Be consistent. Number two is keep the main thing the main thing. And I think the way that I've heard this stated is the main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. Which the is, main thing. Right. I know. <laughs> So what you're saying is, but that is extremely difficult to do. So it's like fat loss, simple, not easy. And so keeping the main thing, the main thing in our industry, and certainly in a personal training business would be, okay, what's the most important thing that we do? I mean, just throw it out there, Matt. What do you Take care of the client. Right. I mean, client experience, right? right. Client accountability, whatever that may be. Mm -hmm. And so anything that you're doing that takes you away from that is a mistake. And so let's say, uh, let's, let's go a little deeper. Let's say it's a tool that you enjoy working with. Let's say that you really like some kind of a deep fascial stretch or, I mean, just something. And maybe it's not even that pleasant, but you know, you know, how good it is. Or maybe you're mm, one so of these like cold shower, you know, or cold tub sauna people, right? Because there's a little bit of science behind that. Maybe cold gonna, tub sauna people. Yeah. So maybe you're going to implement that into your business, right? It's like, look, that's going to move the needle a tiny bit. It's going to be very complex to put something like that in your business. If you really stress why you're putting that in your business, you're probably doing it because it's a like that you have, right? Sure. Not necessarily a, a better vehicle to get your clients to their goals. And so I, I think when you look at these extraneous things, I see that a lot. I see gym owners that have, you know, they keep adding other things to their business and none of those things are really moving the needle. They're adding more complexity. It's a bit confusing for the customer, right? Yeah. I and mean, so, it's, I mean, it's, it's kind of goes back to the first one. It's like, if you keep adding these complexities, it's hard to be consistently good day in and day out. I mean, yeah. the experience will just be way off, right? Yeah. Great point. I mean, how are you going to hit that five out of 10, which sounds easy, but it's not, not consistently. How are you going to hit that if you add more and more things to someone's plate? So right. imagine what seems really simple to you and I, and maybe to the owners listening to this is infinitely harder for your coaches who are not you, mm -hmm. you know, or your customers to understand. And so like, okay, you, it needs to be so dead simple to you that it almost seem, seems obscenely simple. Then you give it to someone else and it's probably going to land them in that five, right? Category right. to your point. So what I typically see in our industry is way too many things added to the plate. And I think they are thought of as things that will move the needle for client results or, you know, financially for the for the business owner but typically it just 
adds complexity and does not add to the bottom line. And if anything, if you look at the expenses, not just being financial, but the expense of your attention, the expense of maybe staffing something, right? Mm -hmm. Not the like obvious expenses, right? Like I'm paying thousand dollars a month for this nutrition program and I'm going to sell it for this, right? It's like, okay, what about staffing? What about your time and learning it, getting certified, whatever those things are? Mm -hmm. Is it really worth it? You know, could you get 90% there by just having people track protein calories or, you know, like our app pulls in my fitness pal, do a week of tracking, right? It's an eye opener for everyone. Maybe that'll do it without all those other things. Right. So, or maybe, maybe you'd be better off instead of focusing on trying to drive other streams of revenue in your business. How about filling up your business with the mainstream of revenue? Like, (laughs) well, I mean, all kidding aside. (laughs) The actual I, I members tell stories. I mean, <laughs> I've talked to guys, they have 50 something clients. They have way too many employees and they're talking about, you know, I'm going to start a podcast. And I want to do these five other things. I'm like, you should do nothing else until right. you get to hundred and something members. Right. Right. Like how many members you got now? 27. <laughs> right. But I'm going to create five other line items of revenue for the right. 27 people I have. I'm like, no, no, no. You need 127 and once you stabilize that and you can prove that you can get your churn rate down to 3% a month, right? And you've done that for six months or eight months, then you maybe add something, right? And the way that you go about that is the decisions that you make are very important when you approach, like, should I bring this thing on? It's like, is it in my competency wheelhouse? How much education, time, and energy and attention do I need to give to this thing to make it come to life in my business, right? It may be something viable, but I will tell you that if it's not, it's going to work against you in every way financially attention Mm -hmm. it's probably going to be at the expense of your main thing so maybe you bring on a nutrition program and your slight distraction and and time and getting that up and running you know meanwhile you you churned out you know 10 members or something like that it's like okay well you could have probably just added three memberships in the simple construct that you already have as a business model and three or four months later been far better off at 320 bucks a month each right as an average whatever that is been much better off if you had just done that instead of introduce this new thing, this new line item of revenue, you know, to this population when you really didn't even have enough people doing the main thing anyway. And we see that a lot. And I think it comes from just this general thought of like, you need at least seven streams of revenue. I'm like, do you? (laughs) Because maybe, but you better have the main one nailed first. Right. And then once you do that, keep that main thing, the main thing, sell more memberships, help more people, get more people enrolled. When you're stuffed full and you've got no other options to increase revenue through the main thing, then you might want to look at it. And when you do that, we've talked about the technique for that. Best way to do it is what we've always referred to as bullets before cannonballs because you only have a finite amount of gunpowder. And let's say that you're you know, you're know, sailing towards an enemy ship and you guys are going to have a, a cannon battle, right? Well, would you just, if you had a finite amount, say you got a pale left of gunpowder, mm-hmm. are you going to pour all that in the cannon and hope that you find the range? Or is a better strategy to pour a little bit of gunpowder into some rifles and you know shoot a few out there, find your range, and once you ping a few off the hull, then you pour in the gunpowder and you sink the enemy right. ship, right? But think about that pail of gunpowder as resources. That could be money. It could be attention. It could be manpower. You know, and Those are all kind of one and the same, right? And if you're just constantly just throwing these things out there, you know, without focusing on the main thing, it's going to, again, it's going to work against you from a financial standpoint, from an attention standpoint, it's going to be a confusing message to your customers, right? Mm -hmm. But you can still do it as long as you're just putting toes in the water and not getting too distracted and not putting that, that gunpowder or those resources 
in too early, all in on everything that you do, mm-hmm. right? Because typically you end up within seven or eight half baked, you know, revenue streams in your business to less customers than you could have. Yeah, and your message is totally lost and nobody knows what the hell's going on. It's like, what are we doing here? It's like, are we doing vegan now? And we're we doing we're all kettlebells. What are we doing? Olympic lifting only? I mean, you know, pick your thing and it's hard, man. I mean, you you know, it's hard to find the thing and not get scattered, but a lot of it's just this sort of frenetic, you know, rat or you know, hamster brain that entrepreneurs have, right? Kind of running all over the place. Squirrel brain, I guess, would be the best. Yeah, well, reverse engineer. What do the customer need? How's the best way to do it? Simply that everybody can do. <laughs> What's the problem that we need to solve? And how can I build the most simple machine possible? Which, by the way, is very difficult, right? Oh, yeah. What's sure. the most simple machine I can build that can be duplicated and implemented by mm-hmm. maybe the lowest common denominators in the system, right? And they can do it consistently to get that five of 10 and all the metrics that come with it. So, yeah. So mm-hmm. keep the main thing the main thing before you get too distracted. And then last one is that we did an entire podcast on this, which is who, not how. And I say that meaning if there's a function in the business that needs some attention, let's say that you want to, you know, change your digital marketing strategy as an example, would you be better served devoting your time to learning all about digital marketing, right? Or would you be better off saddling up to a firm or a company or an agency that already does it really well? Learning. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> figured it out pretty easy to put facebook ads out right and uh shout out to jason he's a buddy of mine he's in the industry and, and he's he's like yeah i've been going deep man i took a four month you know four month hiatus from really being in the business that much i'm really digging in learning click funnels he's like i've, I've built some amazing funnels and i'm like well how's it going with clientele he's like oh yeah it's uh, pretty good yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> so and I tease him about it now. He's a really good dude, and he's a smart business owner, so I, I can tease him about it because it's not true. But when you hear something like that, like that's typically done at the expense of the main thing, right? Oh, yeah. It's like, okay, find a who. Don't You don't have to learn how to build it, right? It's not like the – I mean, the race car drivers, I'm sure they know a lot about cars, but I'm sure an F1 driver doesn't build the car, right? They don't mm-hmm. have to do all of those things. So you're better served just keeping the – main service that you're doing and the customer experience at that consistent level all the time. And if you, there's a function in the business that you need, whether it's finance, marketing, um, geez, software, all of that. Do you really want to deep dive and learn everything about create my own app? How many times have we heard that? A lot. Right. I'm (laughs) like, yeah, that's a different business. I mean, to create an app just to run your one training studio is crazy. So to create an app means you're now by default in the app business, which is a completely different business model. Unless that's your main thing. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So you're you're always going to get your ass kicked by the person whose main thing is the app business, (laughs) right? right? You're in the fitness business. Uh So how about you just do more fitness, Right. right? So I know a lot of these things, you guys, they seem dead on obvious, but they're all just based on experience over 30 years of seeing these common mistakes made, Mm -hmm. right? So again, three ways to simplify are be consistent. If you can hit a five out of 10, which doesn't sound too lofty, but you have to do it every time, it's difficult. But if you can be consistent, great. So keep your system simple, coach to the lowest common denominator, make sure that you're consistently hitting that five out of 10 every single time. And we talked about what that does to your metrics. Second, keep the main thing, the main thing. So really focus on what your core revenue model is and what your service offering is that your customers appreciate about Mm -hmm. you. And do that until you're totally and completely out of runway before you add complexity 
or more line items of revenue or anything else to your business. Yep. If you do it, I will tell you, I've done it, I've made the mistakes. It's going to be a distraction to the main thing, right? And you're going to end up with a half-baked business with 18 offerings. Don't do that. Keep that main thing the thing and then blow that thing up. And then and only then do you start bullets before cannonballs. Mm-hmm. And that's the best strategy, right? And then so uh, main thing, main thing. Lastly, again, who, not how. Meaning you don't have to know every function in your business. And I think the further along you get in your business and the more it grows, the more you'll understand that that's actually a huge mistake. Like I want to be, if I'm hiring someone to do marketing, they better know a lot more than me about marketing, right? It's like you in program design. You better know a lot more than me about program design because you know, you're in that seat. You're a specialist in that, not me, right? right? And so eventually your goal, and I know it's small business we're talking about, but like for us, Say in our franchise business, business is business. I want to be the dumbest guy on the team, right? And the way that you do that is you go and you find who's to fill gaps that have very specific, you know, knowledge in their vertical or their channel, if you will. And that's what you do. You don't have to learn all the aspects of the business. As a matter of fact, it's a terrible idea and it takes you away from the main thing. I learn it all and then train somebody else. <laughs> well, yeah, well, exactly. Can you teach me about marketing, Rick? Yeah, well, exactly. Can you imagine? <laughs> like if, yeah, yeah, the worst, right? So you're not supposed to be all knowing. I mean, there's a few crazy examples of guys that can kind of do that, like an Elon Musk who's an engineer and a marketing guy. You know what I mean? But he's, he's an alien, so forget about him. So I hope that helps you guys be consistent, keep the main thing the main thing, and who, not how. You don't have to learn every function of your business. And if you don't, you're probably better off. Anything you want to add to that, Matt? Sounds simple enough. All right. Hope it helps. (laughs) See you guys. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, check us out at alloyfranchise.com for more information on the Alloy systems. Also, leave us a five-star review so we can spread the good word and help more people.